Good. Was that just me? Worship just seemed a little something extra today. Why don't you stand up and uh, just, not creepy, uh, but hug like, or high five, it's fine. Like hug if you mean it, high five if it's weird. At least five people around you. Just stand up, say, man, I love you, I'm for you. Yeah. Such a fun group, man. Love it. How many of you, just help me, how many of you are actually huggers? You're like, you'd call yourself a hugger. How many of you, you're like, you're positive you're not a hugger? Where are you at? Okay. All right. We're going to get to heaven one day and it's going to be like hugs for everybody. Just get ready. So it's going to be great. Okay. Um, so can I introduce some people? So tonight I'm talking about marriage. And um, I'm going to talk about marriage. I'm going to talk about design. Um, I want to be honest. I, I think some of you, if you don't know me, my name is Matt. Um, I have a sweet wife. She's actually right back there. Give it up for my wife, Sarah Reagan, right there in the back. The beautiful, the wonderful. And actually, um, I have like uh, four of my five kids here. So Luke's some here and Ava's here. They're radiant. If you see some radiant people, dude, you're the best, man. If you see some radiant people walking around, that's, those are my people. So um, treat them well. I was excited to bring them here with you, um, and I'll just say this, um, the conversation tonight, I'll, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be straight up honest, um, I think some of you guys know, uh, maybe you don't know, if you don't know my story, I will say, I'm, I want to paint a picture of what marriage and um, what God's design could be, and what he says, I know how challenging that is. I grew up in a home um, where I, I'm going to say it like this, and I, and I don't overstate things, and I, I've never really said this before, but I'm not so sure that anything has broken my family quite like uh, sexual brokenness in my home. And so that, that comes from what was going on with my parents that, that came to, like, my family. And I'm just going to tell you, um, probably the most significant hard stuff in my life has come as a result of Sexual brokenness. And some of that was they didn't know the design. They didn't have an understanding. It's like there's no, like there's a lot of grace in the process. But I just want you to know that few things have hurt my life more than not having a clear picture of what this is. In the same regard, I would tell you this. Um, I feel like, and maybe, maybe I don't know your stories. I would tell you when I first started becoming a follower of Jesus, I feel like no person uh, like that I know had more, like a farther distance to go to really figure this out in my life. And I would also tell you that now, um, my wife and I celebrated our 25th anniversary last fall. And if you've ever talked to me, um, the greatest, the greatest joy, and I've, I've been able to do a lot of things, the greatest joy in my life is my marriage to my wife and my kids. Nothing else is even close. 
And I just want you to know, like, that is, that is, that's where I'm at. I, I want you to know, I'm about to paint some stuff. Um, I know it's going to trigger some things because some of you guys have a past, you have a present, you have uh, some things going on in your life. And the picture that I'm going to paint, I'm going to try to do it in a way that's compelling and real because I know where you're at. I don't want to stand up here and be like, you know, do, 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 and, and be careful with this. When, when I know that most of you have, most of you have really been impacted by sexual brokenness. Like, I get it. Some of you don't have clear pictures of marriage. Some of you have never been told, like me, early on, you didn't have good examples. So I just want you to know, man, like, I understand who I'm talking to, and I need you to know, I'm great talking about it. Like, I'm not embarrassed at all about where we're going tonight. Aren't you glad? Like, I got five kids. You want to ask me about how it all went down? I'll tell you anytime you want. I delivered the last one. I'm all about it. Um, I love, I, and again, you've heard me say this. I love my girl. I love my girl. But I will tell you, we've had to figure it out. And I want to paint a picture for you. And then at, by the end of tonight, I don't want to just paint a picture. I want to give you a roadmap. So that maybe if you're like, man, that is me, man, I'm broken, and, and I did have it, and I didn't have a picture, and I don't think I really bought that what God was selling was legit or that I really wanted it. But my, my desire is to dig into the word, and, to, and, to, and this, is like a, this is a very humbling thing, to, to even try to speak for God tonight but about just how he sees marriage and how he sees you. But at the end, I want you to, I want you to have a pathway to get back. Because I think his design, and, I, and I'm telling you, I spend a lot of time with a lot of people. I spend time with prisoners. I spend time with billionaires. I've seen it all. And I'm telling you, no one understands this better than the Father. Nobody understands this better than God. And the more I submit to him, the more full, the more free, the more enjoyment in life and just everything. I'm just telling you, he is so good, and I, 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 it, would, it would honor me for him to show you that tonight. So y'all ready? You good with us? Okay, singleness is next week. I'm not talking about it. But who's single in the room? Who's dating in the room? Who, who's about to break up in the room? I'm just kidding. So some people are like, oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. By the end of tonight, here's my promise. Okay, my promise. Lock, lock eyes with me. My promise tonight is that by the end of the tonight, I promise I will not leave you without hope. I promise, I promise, I don't care if something happened to you early, if something has devastated your heart, if you're so locked up in stuff and you really, you've been trying for the last decade of your life, since you're like in junior high, to get out of some of the rhythms and patterns and you just keep falling back. I don't know who you are, know where you are, but I promise you if you'll hang on, I really believe that there is hope for anybody here tonight. But I'm going to get there, all right? So here's what we're going to do first. I'm going to, I'm going to paint a picture. Y'all good with that? So uh, creatives in the room, where are you at? Creatives? Creatives? Wow, it's going to be a tough crowd. So <laughs> not a lot of creatives in this joint. Math people? Are you like, math people? What is this? Really? Okay. All right. I'll drop some stats your way. Does that help? I don't know. All right, here we go. So let me paint a picture. Can I do that? So um, I'm going to read through scripture. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit two groups of people, and I will tell you, uh, this is a great conversation for you to have later. I can't, I can't dive into it tonight, but I'll tell you that, that 
Christians, there's like a group, like probably the lion's share of Christians historically have seen Genesis as the actual account of a man and woman and how they came to be and how God designed things. And then out of that, how relationships were to flourish and that that is the that is the literal description of what happened in the garden. But I also know, because I've had conversations with you, some of you are like, I'm not so sure it's literal. And there is a small group, it's not, it's not the biggest group, and it's not the biggest group historically, that would say, you know what, I think in Genesis, what God's trying to do is he's trying to set up a meta-narrative so that even, it's not, even though it's not the exact people, it's how God wanted us to understand the design that he made. So... I'm not going to dance there. That is not mine. Y'all fight about it. It's going to be great. But I will say this. No matter who you are in the room, I will say this. No matter how you think in the room, what I'm about to read, I think is 100% from the throne room of God, how he feels about you, what he set up, how he's designed things. And I think there's something to find in this that can really bless you. So here's, we're just going to walk it through Genesis 2, starting with verse 15. It says, the Lord God took the man. This is after he created the heavens and the stars and the planets, and then he formed, and on that, on that sixth day, he formed man. So I'm just going to say, the Lord God took the man, this is after the day of rest, and he put him in the garden of Eden. So I'm just going to put it like this. Some of you guys know this. I think you know this. God created a space, and that space you just need to know in that space, God had his, like, like in this space, we don't know, literally, again, there's so many, so many theological things. I'm doing this for some of you smart people because I know where you're at. But we don't know what, what happened outside of the garden. We don't know anything that was going on. But what we know is that God's design was that he had a space. And in that space, you would have his presence, you would have his, you'd have his provision, and you'd have his protection. That you didn't ever have to worry about being provided for. You didn't ever have to worry about, is he a distant? Can I have a conversation? Is God really there? He literally was like, I'm going to come every single day in the cool of the day, and you're going to know who I am, and you're going to know my voice. And he's like, and I'm going to protect you. He literally said he stuck angels uh, with like, like flaming swords to guard and protect because he is a protective God. That's who he is. And so he just says, hey, listen, the Lord God took the man, and he put him into a place where his presence and provision and protection would always be there. That is the heart of a good father if I ever saw it. And he just says, he put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Now, some of you, how many of you are working a job right now? How many of you hate your job? Okay. That's fair. Um, most of us, when we, you know, a lot of people think, and I don't know if you know much of the story, but most people think, man, Garden of Eden was like, man, vacay, listen, this is going to be awesome. Let's just do nothing, drinks, my ties all around. But here's the deal. God knew from the very beginning, it's how he hardwired you, that you need purpose, that you need meaningful work. You need to, every single one of us needs to know that when I put my head to the, to the bed at the end of the day, that I was a part of something significant. I moved the needle. I helped things go forward. Like, that's how he made you. He made you for deep purpose. And God gave Adam work. It was not after the fall. It was before the fall. So he just says he gave him, uh, put him in the garden and to work and take care of it. Verse 16, we'll go there. It says, and the Lord God commanded the man. He said, listen, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden. So most of us, when I talk about Adam and Eve, what are, what are, give me some things that you think of. Adam and Eve and? Naked. naked. Wow, we're right out of the gate. <laughs> I like it. It's honest. Okay. I know where your heads are at. It's great. What else? What else? Snake. 
apple tree. So I just want to start off with a picture that nobody talks about. God puts him in the middle of a place where I'm like, he's like, I've got you, I will provide for you, and I will always protect you. And look around, man, you can see all these trees. Man, do you see this? It's all yours, man. Like all of this, like every variety and every taste and every flavor, and it's going to be nutritious, it's going to fuel you, you're never going to die. I'm telling you, everything, bro, walk as far as you want. Anywhere you go, you will have exactly what you need. But there's like one tree, and it's a tree of knowledge of good and evil for when you eat from it. He's like, you, you can't eat from there because you'll certainly die. And so I'm just going to say it like this. You are free. So a lot of people in the room, he says, you are free. Free is a big, it's a really big word. But I think that most of you know, because I want to define free real fast. Free is not really the freedom to make your own decisions. You know that, right? Like, when I talk about freedom, most people are like, what does it mean to be free? It means, well, I can make any decision anytime I want, like, like anything. It, but just, just real fast, I just want to tap into your common sense real fast. If you're free to choose any boy, but you choose the wrong boy, what does that do to you? It changed you to the wrong boy. You're like, heartbreak. That was a little too quick. <laughs> little too quick. And vote. Let's, let's, go, let's go political. Can we get, let's move around away from the heart. You can be free, but then let's say you have a free election. You can elect a tyrant, and that tyrant can imp imp impose rules on you. You can be free, like you're free to jump off any cliff you want today. What you're not free to do is land safely. Every choice, most people are like, well, you know, freedom is, I don't want anybody telling me no. I don't want anybody telling me about my choices. But if we're being honest, the way freedom works is freedom is not the decision to make any decision. Freedom works differently. The choices that you make are actually what makes you free. Like whatever choices are in front of you right now, if you will... Make the right decisions about who you marry and where you go. Then if you make, you know this cognitively. If I make the right decisions, then I know on the backside I'm going to have a freedom. But if you choose freedom right now, freedom not to go to class, freedom not to show up, freedom to just go drinking every single night, you common sense already know where does that take you. You'll be bankrupt and you won't be free. So he just says, hey, listen, um, I'm not a tyrant. I want you to have freedom. I want to teach you about choices because in your choices, you can really be free for any of this. But then he says, but there's this one thing I don't want you to do. We'll get to that. Verse 18 says this. This is the Lord God said, um, it's not good for the man to be alone. Um, one of the worst feelings anyone can feel in life is to feel what? Loneliness. There is nothing worse than rejection. There's nothing worse than feeling like, and some of you know what this is like. It doesn't matter the room that you're in. It doesn't matter who you're around. There are moments in your life, there are seasons in your life where, like, literally you can be at the center of the party and you can still feel alone. And God just says, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Loneliness is never good. And I have a cure for that. I have a design for that. And so here's what he does. He says, I will make a helper suitable for him. Uh, Genesis 2.20 says this. says, uh, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So he's like... You know, what do you think? You want to, you want to, you want to, the elephant? He's like, nah, I don't know, bro. And like, you know, he just went around. You, you get where I'm going. So he just said, so the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. I love this. And while he was sleeping, he took something out of man that he would never return, like something from him. 
that he would never be complete again without. And he, and he created another person. He closed up the place with flesh, and then the Lord made a woman from the rib. He had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Adam and his wife were both naked. That's for you. I'm sorry to do that to you, man. All the girls are like, nah, no. Um, you got it going. You're fine. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. So I just, I just want to paint this picture. Can I do this? Let me paint the picture. I want to, I want to maybe challenge a little bit of your thinking. Uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're good. Maybe, you're, maybe this isn't new, but I think it might be for a lot of you. So can I just put this up visually? So I just want to give us real fast, I want to give us, like we have this environment, right? So this environment, we're going to have, uh, remember what I said, you're going to have uh, God's protection, you're going to have his provision, you're going to have his presence. Like that's at the core of what God's design for you is. From the very beginning of time, his design for you was that you would be protected. Let me say that over some of you girls right now. Ladies, his design over you from the very beginning was that you would have his protection. That you would have his provision. That there wouldn't be this, this who's going to show up and who's going to take care of me and where does this go and where am I at? And then he was going to be present. He was not going to leave you to try to figure this stuff out on your own. That that was his design. So he created a place in the space. Now you can, you can choose to leave that space. But he said, but that's what's available. That's what's on the table. But then he, he, we talked about this earlier. He puts right in the middle of that. He's like, okay. He kind of offers three things, right? Like at number one, just purpose. He offers purpose. So most of you can wake up, and, and, and I'm just telling you, the, the older you get, the more this is going to be. I think it's probably true for you now. You just don't know what your purpose is. You're still trying to figure it out. But you want to wake up, don't you? Like right now, part of the reason that you don't, you're not even sure you want the degree you want is because you're like, is that my purpose? Like, that was, is that what I'm made for? Like, I'm, am I made? Like, I want to know when I wake up and I've got breath in my lungs, is this what I was made for? He's got that. Second thing he has is he has... Uh, this thing called being known. So known is this, uh, I wish I had more time and I'm super nerdy, but I wish I had this understanding. Like um, when, when um, Eve was brought to Adam, it said that Adam knew her. But knew is a Hebrew word and knew means so much more than like, when I, like if I'm like, oh, I know that girl. That's not what this know means. Like this know means to know somebody sexually, emotionally, physically, like anything that you can like put in, like my mind, my body, my soul, it's a really complex, it's a really thick word. And, and what he's saying is uh, you were made, let me put it like this, you were made to be known. Like for somebody to see inside of your soul and to know who you are and how you're made and how you tick and to care. And to come, like the more they get to know you, the more they pull close, they want to, it's to be known, and it's in every aspect, every area, and that's what God's original design was. And then the last one is this. It's just that you'd be accepted. So what does that mean? Well, because you're like, well, it seems kind of lame, but let me just put it like this. Um, there will never come a day in God's design where somebody shows up and says, I don't know, man. I just, I'm not sure they're worth it. I'm not sure she's pretty enough anymore. I'm not sure he's successful enough anymore. I'm not sure he is really, like, at no point in this place is rejection an option in this design that he's made. And it's unbelievable. Let me, let me, let me kind of 
flesh this out a little bit, and then let me, let me, let me tell you what our society, and I would say what the enemy has kind of done to flip this. Can I do that? So, like, for purpose, you're like, man, I want to wake up. And so God says, hey, in your purpose, I want you to know that you're going to find pleasure. So when you wake up and you know who you are and you know what you're made for, when you start to, and this is one of the best things, when I watch people do this, I don't know if you've seen a dancer dance or a singer sing. I was at Adele with my wife for our 25th, and we were, it was, um, they, they, oh, man, the girl can sing. Does anybody know that? Like, I was in the room. I was, like, having a little moment, man. I was, like... <laughs> Like, fellas, how many of you are like, I'm dying to go to a Dell con- concert? Said no dude ever. And then she sang, and I was like, dang. Who is this chick? She is so much better alive than you've ever seen in your life. It's amazing, right? When you watch somebody do what they were made to do, man, you just see the pleasure of God. When I get to do what I'm made to do, when I watch my, my sons or my daughter or my wife, I'm just telling you, there's no, there's no, Thing in life like doing, like I was made to be a dad. And I just tell you, when I wake up and I get to be a dad, I feel the, the pleasure of God in my life. And I'm like on the highest high. Most people are like, why are you so happy? Because I literally get to wake up every day and do what I was made for. And there's pleasure. It's better than a cruise. It's better than, you know, the 2.3 kids. It's better than the house. It's better than when you wake up and you know who you are and what you're made for. There's a pleasure that cannot be touched. And it's unbelievable. Pleasure in my relationship with my wife, and, and both physically, and like the whole deal. It's all just, wow, God. Then, known. Known, when you get into this relationship with somebody, and his design is free to be known, and that knownness is going to lead to connection. So somebody presses in and says, man, I want to know you. I want to know your heart. I want to know your mind. You, it's, like, it's like some of you, when you first start dating, you're like, hey, girl. You know, so, like, tell me about your family. You're, like, just, you know, just sneaking on in. Oh, yeah, me too, babe. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, like, to really have somebody that wants to pull in and really cares about your mind. And, fellas, cares about your dreams, cares about your ambitions, understands your heartache. But that knowing leads to what? Connection. And that connection is pretty unbreakable. When somebody knows your mind and your heart and your soul and your body and just a whole deal and you know theirs and you're just, I'm just telling you, it's this unbreakable connection that you were made for. But then on top of that, to be accepted, it says, man, I want you to be accepted. But, but in that acceptance, I want you to walk in. This is the way that this works. The more that you show up for each other, the more you step into that design, the more that you're like, girl, I don't really care. You're like, yeah, you just had a baby. I don't, need, like, I, don't, I don't need you to be like 105 pounds for the rest of your life or I'm going to walk away from you. Like to say to the guy, no, I don't need you to have ripped abs. Let's be honest, you didn't have them anyways. <laughs> I don't need you to perform. I don't need you to be a CEO. I don't need you to to ride to the top or or fall. And I'm going to, depending on where we land socially, if I find a better thing at a bar because my girls. Did you know, I just found this out. My daughter and I, true story. Where's Ava at? Is she in here? Anyway, so I was riding with Ava in the, the, you guys probably already knew this. I think this is awesome. Did you all know like the fastest growing genre of music on Spotify? Anybody? No. But I like it. I like the effort. It was awesome. Anybody? Anybody? Divorce dad rock. What? 
I just blew your minds. Who's, who's listened to Divorce Dad Rock? Oh, I knew it! <laughs> okay, ready? 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 Now come back to me. Let me say this. Can I say this? I spent too much time in too many rooms with men who are married to wives and wives who are married to men. Because it was hard, and because they didn't do what they thought they were going to do, and blah, 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 at some point, rejection enters the scene, and I watch what it does to people. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just here to tell you, that kind of rejection, I've watched kids, some of you experience this, where you thought dad was going to love mom, and you thought mom was going to love dad, but it, they just didn't hold that together. You've seen how that's affected you, and the insecurity that comes. When now you're like, so I'm like, I watch this all the time, like I'm 45 years old, and now I'm a mom, and I'm watching dudes in their 50s like spray tanning and like trying to like go to clubs and listen to, to divorce dad rock. I'm like, what, are, what planet am I on? And I just want to say this. That's not his design for you. His design is that he would put you in a connected, purpose-filled relationship. Where forever you're just accepted. You get to just be who you are with no conditions of somebody saying, like, dropping the divorced word or I'm going to do this. And you never, like, no, 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 we're together forever. That, that was his design. So that's why, and I'm just going to say it like this. Matthew, you've heard this. And this is where God kind of, like, there's always helicopters. Does anybody know what that's going on? I'm, like, way too ADD for this. Hospital. Lord Jesus, be with whoever's being flown to the hospital. Amen. My son was flown to the life flight at one time. So anyways, okay. I'm way too ADD for that. Let's just let it pass. Anybody else ADD people? Where are my, where are my ADD people at? Okay. You're like, what? I wasn't listening. What would you say? So now let me get to, if that's the design, that's the design. Then let me give you a passage. Let me define the, the passage, and then let me walk us a little bit farther. Can I do that? So Matthew 5, 27, 28, this is Jesus talking about design. He's going to reach back into Genesis, and he's going to say this. Verse 27, he, he's going to say, you've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. Where did he hear that? Anybody want to take a, anybody, where, where, they, where did he hear that from? Exodus. He, for Exodus, one of the Ten Commandments. And um, God gets a bad rap for giving rules, but I will just say as a parent, rules are kind of a deal. Like when you're little, when you're four, you need rules. And as he's talking to, informing people that don't understand, and he's trying to lead them out, I'm just telling you this. Um, when you're a parent, like, I'm just being honest. I'm like the, you probably guessed this, I'm like the least rules dude on planet Earth. I don't even like the rules. I want to break my own rules. But when I have a kids, I'm like, I will kill you if you do not keep the rules. Because without that, it's chaos. But bigger than that, I know that if they don't understand rules, they'll never find rhythms. If they don't find rhythms, they'll never really have a whole heart. If they never have a whole heart, they'll never be who I know they can be. So I know if that's where I'm going, that I've got to start very basic with don't touch this. Don't punch her. Because I know... Not that I just, do, do I care, am I, am I wrapped around the axle about this? I'm not. 
But I care about the man you're going to be. I care about the woman that you're going to be. I believe in who you are, and I'm going to direct you, and I'm going to guide you because I know who you are. That's the heart of a father. So he steps in, and he says, listen, you have heard it said, don't commit adultery, but I'm going to tell you, and he takes it even a step further. He says, but I'm going to tell you that anyone who looks at a woman or looks at a man lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And I'll just say it like this, which means we're all in trouble. And he just, he just steps in. He says, listen, um, I need you to know that God has this design for your life. And, man, it's beautiful. If you could understand, it's captivating. If you would give your life to it, it would free you. But here's the deal. Adultery. What's adultery? Well, adultery is anything. It's like if this is what God offers and you just saw presence, provision, protection, to be known, to be, to be accepted, to be loved, to have purpose. If that's the design, then, then adultery, very, like as simple as it can be, means I say, I don't trust you. I'm going to go outside. And so I've got a picture for this. Can I do this? I, I messed you up, didn't I? I put it in the wrong order. I do that a lot. Yeah, come back to the picture. So what happens then is adultery is when you go, okay, I don't, and this is what, these are the messages you get all the time. There are people that come to you and they're like, okay, okay, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of purpose, but what you really want is pleasure. What you really want is you want two point, you really do want the 2.2 kids, and you really do want the house, and you really do want the likes, and you really do want ripped abs even when you're six years old with the plastic and the, like, all the stuff. And you really want, you really want, Fellas, you really want somebody that's like a circus performer in the bedroom. And you really want somebody that, that even though it's not even enjoyable for her, and, and they're like going through all the hoops and think, you're like, but you just have this thing in your mind. You're just like pleasure and pleasure. And somehow, some way, we were, we were born into purpose so that we would be, find pleasure. But somehow, we're out grasping, trying to track down pleasure. And that somehow is our purpose. Some people are going to school right now so they can make money and marry somebody hot and get in the right schools, and have the right stuff, and their purpose has become pleasure. And I'm just here to tell you, I don't know if you've read any headlines or if you've been around anybody over than 30, older than 30, but guess what? It's bankrupt. It just doesn't work. No one whose life is wrapped around their pleasure will ever, ever find it. I've never seen one. The next one will be to be known. They're like, well, you don't, really, you don't really need mind, body, soul, spirit, like tied and connected and, and un, like unbreakable. What you really want is a, you, just, you just need a connection. You may not need that with your mind. You need, and so all of a sudden, most of the people in your life that walk by this place all the time, they're just looking for somebody to connect with physically. And they're just like, man, I'm looking for a heck. You know, if, if, I was at the gym today. I went to the gym super quick. And as I went to the gym, I watched this young girl walk in. She was like, I'm, I'm just being honest. I don't know if I can do it. We're just, we're just doing it. She's probably 20. And she walked in. Um, I, thought, uh, I thought, oh, man, that sweet girl is walking in. And it was like, it was like all these men. Every, like from 18, it was like dude fest at the gym today. I don't know what the deal was. And I just thought, you know, I wonder. And as she walked in, I, I just, instead of watching her walk in, I just looked at all of the men's eyes when she walked in. 
Man, it hurt my soul. I'm like, who are you dudes, man? The girl's like the same age as my daughter. Or like, it was one of my sons. And, the, and like, literally, she walked around. You've seen it, man. And they're just chasing. And I'm like, you have families and you have kids and you're so unsatisfied in your life because you're chasing and you're going after and you're never going to be satisfied with the wife that you have. You're never going to be satisfied with what God's given you because you just, your purpose has become pleasure. Your purpose has been looking and scrolling. Your purpose has become, I just got to feed this unending thing and it never stops, man. Connection. People are just trying to hook up. You're, in the, you're part of the greatest hookup generation ever. There are more, there's like 60 plus apps for hookups. There's more hookups in, I mean, your dorms. What do you see? It's what I saw when I was a, when I was a little guy. I just saw that like a revolving door on my front, like on the front of my house, just the girls that were in, in and out of my siblings' lives. It was just, just sad. And you know what has come as a result of this? We have an epidemic of loneliness. People are connecting all the time, but nobody's known. Girls, you know it. Guys, you know it. You've been through and you've hung with and you've spent time with and you've made promises and you went places and you, you experienced things and it was all about connection and then somehow it broke and you feel so just alone. And so then you try to fill it with another connection, but a connection will never be the same thing. Connection will never lead to knowing. There's literally, I think, in the UK for the very first time, generationally, it's never happened before, they had to hire a minister of loneliness as a cabinet within the government. Because people are just so lonely. There's never been more opportunities to connect. And loneliness has never been so high. Next one is security. You know this. So many people are like, man, I'm just going to be secure, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build up my self-care and my boundaries, and I'm going to do all this kind of stuff, and I'm just, I'm going to make sure that I take care of my space and my things and my, we live in a group that is like some of the most insecure people on planet Earth, man. And so I just, I just, I just want to say it like this. Um, I don't think I have to talk very long to tell you that what's broken is broken. Don't you kind of know? Like, I just say this, like, time out. Like, I just want you to get a picture of the people in your lives that, like, just do it with celebrities, do it with Taylor and Travis. Good night. I'm so tired of hearing about them. It's unbelievable. Anybody feel like that's got a shot at working? Some people are like, I think it can. I don't know. That's great. That's great. Okay. I, can I say to you, can I say to you what I've experienced, and then I want to give you a way back. So I, I you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm not, um, as a matter of fact, um, probably a good thing to say would be like, like my brokenness from the past still, still hurts me and wounds me. And that sexual brokenness, like literally from my childhood still, still creates wounds in my heart that I have to take before God. I have to have a really strong accountability partners. Um, I, like as my sons get older, I start telling them about it because I don't want them thinking that their dad's perfect because he's not. 
But I've had to go through this process of God redefining what it is because I have to fix my eyes on it, man. I have to go, I know what you've asked. I know what you're offering. And I don't want to settle. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of settling. Like I just watch the marriages and I watch the families and I watch what everybody's pursuing. And I'm like, no, man, I'm not doing that. I like, I'm just telling you, like a couple weeks ago, she just went out probably to take care of one of my sons. I'm in a prayer time, like, like this is the kind of stuff, like I went to a prayer conference with my wife and we're in the, the middle of this prayer conference and literally we're in tears for like five hours praying over our marriage and over our kids because we want God to raise world changers and we want to impact people's lives and we want people to come to Christ in our lives and we're just, we're just pouring out our lives before him and, I, and I'm doing that with my very best friend and even right in the midst of that, I felt like God literally, he, he, as clear as he speaks to me, he just said to me in a, in a moment, I can't give you the whole thing, but... He just said, Matt, I'm giving you a window right now. And I was like, he's like, I'm giving you a window right now. And anything, like every ounce of faith and every little thing that you break off in your, in your marriage and in your heart, anything that's not of me, anything that is of me that you want to add, just like every step of faith, if you, will, if you will leverage that, if you'll step in right now, I will break that off tenfold in your kids. And in their marriages and their future, like grandkids in the future. Man, I was just undone, man. I was just like, Lord, I just, I would give anything, Lord, to walk in the design that you made me for because I just, I've seen it with my own eyes. Your way is better. It's all I want, man. And I would just submit to you. I don't know where you're at. And I don't know what you've come from. But is it possible that you've been sold a lie? Like, is it possible that you're, that nobody's ever really painted a picture of what it means to be like right in the middle of what he's designed and what he has for you? Have some of you just spent your life like just pursuing pleasure and connection and security, but it's like no matter how many things you try to put up, it just always feels like you're the one that's having to hold it all together. Here's what I would say. Maybe some of you would like to find the road back to this. If you'd have told me that at 18, I would have told you, I don't know that I can do it, man. You don't know what my eyes have seen. You don't know what's been modeled to me. I don't, need, I don't, like, I don't know God's word. I don't know how to, pr- like, I don't know any of this stuff, man. But is it possible, A, that you've been sold a lie. And then the second thing, is it possible that you could really find your way back to this? So I just want to, I want to give you a couple things and let me just, let me just take a swing uh, at your heart, okay? So I, I want to, I'm going to give you three, kind of three things if you're a note taker. Any note takers? Okay. Do you, do you hate taking notes here because you have to take notes in class? I'm just curious. You don't? Okay, good. Some of you are lying, but it's fine. Um, and I, I'm about to give you some passages out of the New Testament, and I want to be real clear. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk through uh, Corinthians. I'm going to talk to um, Thess- First Thessalonians, and I'm going to be back in Matthew. And I just want to set the stage real quick because I want to make sure that you don't think that this Bible is, like, antiquated and doesn't really work and they don't know how bad we have it. Can I just real quick give you Roman culture at the time that, that what I'm about to say was written? Can I just tell you what it was like? Um, men, uh, men, where you at? Grunt for me in the room.
You heard that too, right? I don't know where to put that. Okay. Okay, come back to me. Come back to me. Uh, that's why you don't do that as a speaker. But it's great. So, um, so can I just describe life? Can, actually, let me start with you ladies. Ladies, where are you at? Give me a little, where are you at? Okay. Okay. So let me just say, let me just say, Roman life was not great for you. Uh, small percentage of you would run a household. You run that household and your job would be to raise and protect the heritage and the line of your husband and to make sure that all of the children that were born from his mistresses and the slaves that he regularly sleeps with, that, 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 that you, your job is to make sure that they make no claim to his inheritance and that what is his gets passed down to the next male heir so that all the women can be equally treated terribly. You're a possession. Every man, when you walk by, sees you as an object. You might know a little bit about that. And everything is about men. Fellas, if you're a Roman at the time, you have a wife. You also have a mistress. You also have, um, you know, what do they call them? Like a, they, um, I forget the name of them when I'm over there. But it's like a, um, I have a bunch of bad words in my mind. I can't say many of them. <laughs> uh, it's really funny. The place where you find prostitutes. I don't know. You make it up. So, well, Lady of the Night. Lady of the Night. Doesn't make it better. So, uh, and then on top of that, you also have a group of women or young boy slaves that you can that you can sexually violate any time that you want, and nobody cares. That's your right. So before I before I give you a prescription to really change your heart and get back to God's design, I want you to know. I know you think it's crazy. And I, you may not believe it, dig in. It was worse. And what God was saying to, what Jesus was saying to, what Paul was saying to a group of people that were so sexually broken, could not figure out any town that you walked in, as soon as you got off the street, you would see footprints that would lead you to the temple where you could pay money to sleep with everybody's little girls as temple prostitutes. That kind of culture is what the gospel is moving into, saying, hey, are you empty yet? Man, there's another way. Let's get back to God's design. So first thing he does is he says this. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 18 says this. It says, I think you guys talked about this last week a little bit. Flee from sexual immorality. What's sexual immorality? Um, anything outside of God's design. Let's just keep it at that. It's simple. It's clean. That's a weird word. And it sounds very like uh, Southern Baptist, no judgment, but you know, like, like hell of fire and brimstone kind of. But he just says, hey, flee or run from, or let me put it this way, um, if you're going to get out of the sexual brokenness you're in, you're not going to walk out, you're going to have to run out. Some of you have been trying to walk out of a physical relationship that you shouldn't be in and is causing sexual broken in your life, and what you found is, guess what, you don't walk out, do you? You don't walk out, you just go, I'm going to try harder tonight, I'm going to stop looking at porn, even though I've been looking at porn since I was in seventh grade. You don't walk out of that. You only run. 
Some of you girls with your identity and what's going on in your mind and what you've believed from the enemy about your body and your body image, you don't walk out of that. You don't just go, oh, I'm just going to not care about that today and I'm going to change tomorrow. You don't walk out of that. You only run. And so what I would tell you is he says flee from sexual, sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside of the body. And is it true that every sin is the same? Have anybody heard that? How many of you heard every single sin is the same? That's kind of true. That's kind of true in the fact that whether you lie to your kindergarten teacher or whether you sin sexually, that both will distance you from God and callous your heart and make you not the person that you're made to be. But you're smart enough to know what he knows is that sexual brokenness wounds you at a level that no other sin does. Like hatred hurts the person and hurts you. But sexual brokenness, he's like, look, whoever sins sexually, man, they sin against their own body, man. They're like setting themselves up to be empty and to be callous and to not be filled and to be lonely. Don't you know, man, don't you know that your bodies, they're temples of the Holy Spirit crafted by God who is in you, whom you have received from God. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And I just want to say this. If you want to find a way back, I'm just going to be super honest and real. You want to wait way back, then I'm just going to, I need you to, 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 to like write one word down in your phone, flee. You're going to have to learn how to run. You're going to have to learn how to just get away from the things that have entrapped you for a long time. Some of you, maybe for a season, I love, I, I love that some of you have lost friends and you're trying to reach. I'm just telling you, some of you need to right now go home and get your computer and get some stuff, not to work on stuff, but you know what I'm saying. You need to get this, some of the stuff um, that's in your life right now and you just, need to get, you just need to get rid of it. You need to change your plans. You need to alter something. You need to, you need to break up with somebody. I don't know, I'm not like the breakup police. I don't. I don't care, like, get married, but just marry somebody with, you know, come on, don't marry a bum. What are we doing? And can I get an amen on that, I guess? Yeah. But let me just say, let me just say it like this. There are not enough people, and, I, and I, this is just across the world, there are not enough people treating what's going on in their lives with the urgency it demands. And some of you, girls, I love you. You keep dating the wrong guy. And something's got to break. Some of you fellas, your eyes and your appetite for women, both on a screen and in reality, I'm just got to be honest. It's time for something to be broken, and you're not going to tiptoe out of this. You need to seriously think about what could I do radically to shift what has been going on in my life? Because i got to run, man. i got to get out of this. This is your life at stake. This is your children, your grandchildren. Not to be melodramatic, but it's real. You need to flee. Second thing is this. 1 Thessalonians 4 says like this. It says, it's God's will. It's like his heart. That's a better way to say that. Will is the Greek word thelema, nerds, you're welcome. It's God's will that you should be sanctified. What sanctified means? Sanctified means set apart to be holy, meaning you were created uniquely. You're, you're, you're created like in a complete original, nobody else like you. And to understand that is to set yourself apart and say, no, I, I'm, I am not just somebody 
whose body gets to just get passed around until I like, like it learn and experience, and, and we're just going to kind of pass it around, and then one day, maybe I'll do something good with my life. God steps in and goes, whoa, 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 it is, your, it is God's heart for you that you would be sanctified, that you would recognize your worth, that you'd recognize your value, you'd recognize that he's put something unique inside of you, and that he loves you, and that he has plans for you, and he wants to pull you out, and he wants to pull you in and say, no, 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 you are not to be treated like that by anybody. You are holy, that you should avoid sexual immorality. He's like, listen, don't get caught up in the words. You have to avoid doing what everybody else is doing because I've got a better plan for you. You got to stop running to things that are only going to break you. Each one of you, man, you got to learn. You got to learn how to control your own body in a way that's holy and honorable. Fellas, can I tell you, you need to learn how to control your own bodies in a way that's holy. Like, fellas, you were made to walk in a room and change the room. You're made to walk in a room and, 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 and feel the oxygen in the room because you change things. You help people. You use your honor. You use your strength. You have eyes for women for the real stuff that matters. You're the kind of men that you're not out with your daughter and, and because, you know, she's sitting over here and you got your daughter at the table and your eyes are still chasing whatever hot tail walks in the room. What are we talking about, man? That's not who you are. God has something better for you. He has something more bold. He has something stronger for you. Not in passionate lust like pagan people who just, they don't know God. I'm not, I'm not here to bag on them. If they actually could see in your life that something's different, they would want it. Do you realize how bad this, this campus at UK needs another model where the women are safe, where the guys have honor and respect, where they, their eyes have not consistently looked at things that have just made them look at the whole world in a way that's so skewed. I'm just telling you, man, the whole world is, they're waiting for it, man. In this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. Let's just be honest. That's what's happening. Every time you hook up with somebody, every time you make false promises, and, and some of it's physical, but some of it's romantic. Like, a guy's like, I just want the hookup. But if I have to play the romantic game and the girl's like, I just want him to love me and cherish me and send me flowers and it was Valentine's night. I didn't have anybody. Like, you know, like, just a lot of emotions. And I'm just saying with all that, man, I don't take advantage of people. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins. Why? Because he's a good dad. You violate my daughter. I have a problem with that. You will meet me, you will meet a different Matt if you mess with my daughter. And he just says, man, he'll punish. As we told you in one before, for God did not call us to be impure but live a holy life. So the second thing is this, man, first thing I, I would say, man, you got to add some urgency to your life, man. you got to run. Some of you need to learn how to be better runners. You need to get out of the door when the party's headed in the direction. You need to get out of the apartment. You need to get out of a relationship. When you feel it trending in a way that is compromising your integrity and compromising your honor and not calling out, not somebody who's trying to pull you into the purposes of God, but somebody who's trying to keep you at bay because they keep pulling you into stuff you know you have no business doing. The second thing is you got to pursue him. You got to pursue holiness. You got to say, okay, I'm unique and I have value. And some of you right now, if all I said was, hey, don't, don't date that guy and don't go there and don't lust, you'd be like, that's great. And if all you try to do is not do something, you're going to fail. 
But the next thing is you don't just flee sexual immorality. Now you got to pursue what? you got to pursue holiness. you got to pursue the fact that you are unique, that you have breath in your lungs, that God's given you giftings and uniqueness, and he, you have value. And even though some of you girls and some of you guys feel like I'm just a bum and you don't know what I've done and you don't know what hap- has happened to me, God just wants to, in his grace, just remind you, no, you're my son, man. You're my daughter. When you pray, when you move, when you breathe, when you love, you change the world. And you got to pursue holiness. To know what you're made for. And then lastly is this, and, just, and this is, this is going to sound so basic that it almost sounds corny. But we're doing it anyway. So Matthew 16, uh, verse 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Guys, repeat that. I don't know how, what context you've heard that in. Whoever wants to save their life, anybody want to save their life? Like anybody feel like the trajectory right now is not really like just play this thing out and it's not headed in a good direction? He says, look, man, whoever wants to save their life, here's what you're going to do. You're going to lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good is it will it be for someone to gain the whole world, have a million hookups, be life of the party for the next four years. Be like the man on campus. Be like the girl that's got that guy on her arm that like every chick want with. I mean, they're all, they're like, he's so dreamy. Yeah, you gain the whole world. But you lost your soul, man. I don't want you to lose your soul. What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Answer, nothing. So let me say this to a group of people in the room. Um, my prayer for you, I feel like an older brother here. Can I count that? Like, will you, anyways, sorry. I don't want you to settle. Like some of you in here right now, let me just say this as clear as day. I mean, my heart breaks. I want to speak on behalf of God. My heart breaks because of what you have walked through and how distant your heart is when it comes to this area of sexual brokenness. My heart hurts for you, man. I don't know you, but I know. I know the years of trying to change and not being able to. I know, I know what it's like to be a little kid and something happened to you. I know what it's like. I have, I have people that I've sat down with in their 40s and tears still over the way that a, somebody treated them and broke their heart. I'm just telling you, I, I know. But I want you to know tonight that wherever you are, God has a better plan. It's better than what you've been sold. It's better than what you have in your mind. And it's so good that if you would take just a minute Give your, and, and I would say even give your life and your heart and like lift your eyes. I remember that, man, when I was like 19, 20 years old. And I just, Lord, just started lifting my eyes to the kind of woman and to the kind of family and to the kind of man that I was going to be. And to make everything else feel like just nasty. And to shift inside your soul and just start to, and just start to say, God, I, 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 I want what you want. 
I want the kind of relationship you want. I want the kind of heart. I want to, I want to look at sex the way you look at it. I want to look at romance and, and connection and purpose, like all of it, God. Like, I'm so broke. Like, most of us don't know how broke we are, and we think we're doing a great job, and we think we know, but I'm just being honest. I'm 48 years old, and I'm still like, God, I just don't know, man. Like, I need your plans. I need your wisdom. And he just keeps saying over me what he wants to say to you. So here's the deal. He has a plan for you. So the things that you know right now that are not in alignment with what he has for you, I just want to encourage you tonight. Would you run? Like tonight, even during worship. Just say, Lord, I'm in a bad spot, man. And I got some brokenness. And we're talking about marriage. And I want to lift my eyes. But what I'm holding on to right now will not get me there. So right now, because I believe in your vision, because I believe in what you can do, I, that the, your presence, your provision, your protection, and your purpose, and your acceptance, and to, to be known, and to be connected, and to have play, Like, I see what you're selling, and I want it. God, I don't want this anymore, man. So help me run. God, I don't want to run. And, and right now, like some of you, when I talk to you about purpose and value, you, you feel worthless and you feel like you're broken goods. And you're just, I'm just telling you, by, by the grace of God and by the power of his Holy Spirit and by, because of the blood of Christ, he looks at you the way I look at my wife and the way that I look at my daughter. He sees you as radiant. He sees you the way I see my sons. That, that, like I see who you're going to be, not who you are. And I love you and I'm for you. And you can trust no one. The way you can trust him with your purpose and with your heart. Pursue him. Say, God, I just, man, I just, I want to be what you made me to be. God, I just want to pursue you. I just, I got, I got to figure out, man, as I, as I run from stuff, I got to pursue, man. Like, what are you made me for? And, and how can, and then ultimately, you, we're going to have to get you to the place where you're just going. And so that means I'm going to have to follow Jesus. And I got, I'm just got to, man, maybe I, maybe I don't really know what that means, but God, I just, I need to lay my life down because I just want to pursue you. So um, let me pray for us. Father, my prayer for this group tonight is that for a, just a, like, I, I literally think you're the only one that can do this. God, would you give them a picture of your design for marriage? And again, I know we're going to talk about singleness, and, and God, I know I believe that you work in singleness, but for tonight, there's a group of people in the room that need a fresh picture. Because God, right now, by a lot of people's actions, and I can be this way, same, this, the same way, we, don't, we, just don't trust, we just don't trust your design. We just don't trust that if we do it your way, if we run from these things that we really want, if we... If, if, if we just don't go out there and get pleasure for ourselves, and if we don't make those connections happen, that we're just going to be bankrupt, and you're just going to leave us, and we're going to be like these like 80-year-old lonely people. But God, what a crazy thing to think when we're your kids. Father, you have plans for us. You have hope for us. For the people in the room right now that, man, they have, they didn't even like me. They didn't know. Maybe they did know, and they just decided anyways to just step into relationships and, and to taste and to touch and, 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 and whatever road they've been on. They know. They know in their hearts.
that that was not your plan, or at least they know now. God, if they're being honest, it's just broken them. It's created appetites in them, and, and they don't, and I don't, like me, man, I don't, I don't want it. They don't want it. So, Father, tonight I pray that you would meet us in our brokenness and that you'd give us grace. Just remind us of how you see us. Remind us of how you feel about us. Remind us of the picture that you have for us that maybe we can't see right now because it feels real cloudy. But then, Father, would you also tonight, as you meet us with grace, would you just lift our eyes? Father, I pray that there were, would be some young women in this room that tonight would get a picture of them as a grandma. They would get a picture of them as a mom of a teenage girl. With that little girl looking at her, what will the story be? Father, lift their eyes. Allow what has been broken to be dealt with and for them to move by your power and by your grace into the person that you've made them for. God, I pray over a group of men in this room Father, I pray that you meet them right where they are. Father, so many of them are so locked up and have been for years in their sexual brokenness. It's hard for them, some of them to walk even in rooms and not have their mind race. It's hard for them to choose a relationship because, man, just they, they, don't, they don't even know how to make a decision without thinking with, with all the just, just pure physical things. And the reality is, is God has just left them broken. And it's left them like an empty shell of the men that they could be. And Father, I pray, would you lift their eyes, give them your grace, give them your power, give them the ability to run today. But God, lift their eyes to the marriage, to the husbands that they'll be, to the fathers that they'll be, to the grandfathers they'll be, to where people will look to them and say, that's my dad, man. I'm so proud of him. And I love him. And he changed the course of my family. And he loves my mom and the way we just all look at him and I'm just telling you he has changed us give our men a fresh picture father of what you've called them to and the men that you want them to be and that you want to help them more than they want and I know you you'll meet him there so meet him with your power with your grace with your eyes with a fresh vision we pray that in the strong and powerful name of Jesus amen